welcome to another episode of the Hygiene Profit Leaders Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about increasing your patient compliance. So my name is Brittany. I'm a clinical trainer at the Scheduling Institute. I was a dental assistant for five years prior to coming to the Scheduling Institute. So I love talking about this because it was something that we really never focused on when I was in my offices. And so I love the opportunity to really be intentional when it comes to focusing on our patient compliance. So I'm here today with Melanie. I'm so excited to be creating a podcast with you, Melanie. We haven't gotten to do this yet. No, what a great day and what a great topic, increasing patient compliance. So a little bit about my story is I am a dental hygienist. I practiced clinically for about seven years and altogether I've been in the dental field for about 13 years. So I worked chair side with the doctor, just like Brittany. I did some um, new patient coordinating as well as some practice management. And I think this topic in particular, no matter what role you're in, everyone plays a role in increasing patient compliance. So I'm so excited to be working with you today, Brittany, and really excited to be bringing this topic to all of our listeners. Yeah, definitely. So when you were practicing chair side or just working in dentistry in general, how much did your offices focus on patient compliance and like being tactical and um, intentional with it? I mean, I think that's one of those things that all of us thought there were certain people that were really good with um, patient compliance or those people that were really good and really well known for closing. And so I think a lot of us kind of took the back seat to that. And when we had big cases or we had things that you know, were really important. We typically kind of looked towards only certain people and all of us kind of took our hands off of it and are like, oh no, don't worry, we'll give it to this person and we'll for sure be able to close it that way. Um, so I think that's kind of our, our method to things. What When I was working was kind of like, oh yeah, if these people are really good at this, we don't really need to worry about it. Yeah, which is so crazy because I feel like one of like the first steps of increasing your patient compliance is making a connection and everybody in the office is responsible for that, right? Like you can't, you can't wait for your financial coordinators or your treatment coordinators to come in and save the day and, uh, and get the patient to say yes, if we didn't make a connection with them in the very beginning, right? Absolutely. And I think too, a lot of us, especially clinically can be a little bit guilty of just talking clinically to patients before we actually make that connection or get to know them personally. And it's so much easier to build trust and to build um, really rapport and loyalty with that patient if we have a connection with them before we start talking clinically. But I know for me, for sure, especially as a hygienist, if I you know, saw the radiographs and was like, oh yeah, we need to talk perio to this patient, I was so excited to talk perio to them that I didn't really take the time to make that personal connection. So yeah, one of the, I think one of the most overlooked areas, especially as a clinician, is making that personal connection. Absolutely, and and I've even been into offices where like, well, the doctor just wants us to like get to the point. Like they just want us to go ahead and say like why they're here today, what we're doing, and and they kind of forget about the role that making that connection plays and everything else, whether it's the patient compliance that day or just the retention of the patient and compliance in the future for future treatment, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I know we talk a lot about like the four minute rule and using that 
as an acronym to give us ideas for how we can make those connections. So family, occupation, recreation, and then events, or I've also heard everything else. And so typically, you just want to find something that the patient's passionate about, right? Like, is it talking about their grandchildren? Is it talking about their new baby? Is it talking about like their daughter that's getting married? Is it family oriented? Is it their occupation that they're really passionate about? And they have a really cool job and they like to connect on that or, you know, even a hobby that maybe you share. Like, we're just trying to figure out like, what is it that makes them excited? That's going to make them let their guard down and give us an opportunity to make a connection. Yeah, and I love the events or everything else section because I think this is so great for us um, to be able to kind of draw back their next appointment and kind of reference a big events in their life or something that was really important to them. And it really makes the patient feel like we are much more connected with them than just being part of their dental office. We actually care about what's going on in their lives personally. So when we capture this information, making sure we're documenting that as well so that we can use it in the future and pass that off to the people that need that, right? The doctor or our treatment coordinators. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have to be able to relate to them on a personal level. And just like you said, like, it's so easy to like, they know that we can look at their family file and see who their family members are, or we can see possibly what their occupation is. But when we remember those events in their life or like the extra things, it really shows them that we listened and we paid attention. And even if they know that it's because we documented it, like at least we cared enough to document it and to ask them about it and to care about it instead of just focusing on how we're making money off of them that day. Yeah. And has that ever happened to you, Brittany? Have you ever been to like a doctor's office or a dental office and they actually remembered something you talked about the previous visit? Um, not often. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like typically most places that you go to, like they may ask you a question, but like they're not listening. So they, they do it just out of like pleasantries, but they never bring it up again. Um, I actually had a patient one time that I had seen her and she was like, how's your dog Jack? And I was like, what? Like, how do you remember that conversation? And I was like, oh my gosh. And so I, I sometimes think back to that where it's like, I remember how special I felt and I was so blown away that, you know, she only spent a small amount of time with me every, what, six months or however often she comes in, but she remembered that detail of my life. And I felt like, you know, we made a connection. We had a, you know, a friendship almost. And so I really think about that when it comes to our patients and, and reversing that. And what if, you know, when your patient comes in, you're the one that says, oh my gosh, you know, how's your dog? Da, 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 da. You know, how was your, your daughter's wedding? What about this that you went to, this event, this thing that you did? And it's like, I feel like you just get blown away each time and you, you don't think that they're just, that you're just another patient. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember my daughter's pediatrician, um, she went in for like a sprained ankle after a volleyball game and she had a big tournament coming up and it was a year from that time that we saw her again and she remembered the tournament and she remembered us being, and I would have never taken my daughter anywhere else because I was so blown away that she took the time to not only care for my daughter while she was there, but reference that big event the next time we came in almost a year later. It did. You were exactly right. It made us feel so special and so listened to. 
And when we get to reference back to those big events or things in people's lives, like people love to talk about themselves and their events in their lives. So if we can help a patient have that moment in the chair where they forget about the stress and the anxiety and they get really excited to talk to you personally, that is a huge gift that we're giving to our patients. I agree. And, and listening and actively listening is really key to that because I feel like a lot of times I'll go into offices and they'll say, well, you know, some people it's really easy to make that connection and they're really personable and I could talk to them forever, but some people don't really want to talk. And so I just let them have their space. And when the doctor leaves the room, you know, I just, I go do something else because like, they don't really want to talk. And it's like, no, like you're just not digging. Like you're not asking the right questions to really figure out what it is that they are passionate about. Like you have to actively listen and make an effort to make that connection because it doesn't come naturally to every single person. Yeah, I 100% agree. And sometimes it's easier than others, right? If you're a big baseball person and then you have a person that's into chess in your chair, like, what do we talk about? That's a little awkward. But thinking about like, what are those games about? Both of them are about strategy, right? Talking about strategy, just like exactly like you said, dig a little bit deeper, work a little bit harder for that connection. Because even if somebody's not as easy to connect with, everybody needs that connection. Oh, yeah. And especially, you know, when they're at the dental office and they may be nervous. And so you really want to kind of set them at ease and, and make them feel comfortable. Um but I think that what you do with that information is also key to your patient compliance because it's like you make that connection, you get them to like you, but is that the only time that you talk about it? Or are you able to match up whatever it is that they discuss with you to what their goals and their values are and how this is a solution for them? You know, I, I always like to use the the daughter getting married analogy, but it's like, if they tell you that their daughter's getting married and they're so excited for that wedding, they're trying to make their smile look beautiful for that big day so that it looks beautiful in those pictures that will be plastered all over everybody's walls forever. And so being able to make that connection, but then using that to communicate to them why the treatment that you're recommending is important to them based on their goals and their values is what's going to get them to say yes. Yeah, what a great point. Exactly, Brittany. And using those words that we talk about that create a lot of value and making sure that we're talking that patient's language, right? So making sure that we're using like words like you deserve to do this or this is investment, right? Especially for moms that, you know, maybe their kiddos are getting married and for the first time they're getting the chance to make that investment for themselves as opposed to with, you know, for their children. Yes, that's that's a great point too. I had a patient one time that her daughter was graduating and she had told me that in every every instance where there's pictures taken, even at her daughter's graduation party that they had, she would escape into a different room because she didn't want anybody to try to take photos because she knew that she would have to smile and she was so embarrassed of her smile that she would just avoid those situations and she felt like she was missing out on this big moment in her daughter's life. And so they were, so right before graduation and right before, you know, everything started happening with that, she came in and was like, I need to do something. Like she knew that there was a lot of work that needed to be done. She knew that she had neglected her mouth for a very long time and that 
there was likely to be a lengthy treatment plan. But her goal when she came to us was to be able to smile in the photos and want to be present for her daughter, even if it was temporary. So even if we did something that was very temporary just to get her through that period of time and then move on to what other things needed to be done, like that was what was important to her. And so having a conversation where we're like, oh, but you need to do all of this would have gone in one ear and out the other. Right. So you've got to be able to know like what they need and what they want and why it's important to them and being able to use the connection to communicate that and make them feel like they're being heard and that that we really are coming up with the best plan for them and not a cookie cutter version of what we would recommend to anybody. Yeah, what a perfect example, Brittany, because I think so many times, no matter what role you play in the dental practice, we're so focused on what patients need because we know, right, the dental IQ in offices is way different than the dental IQ that walks through our door. And a lot of times we will hear what patients' wants are and we focus on like, no, 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 this is what you need, right? And so that is such a perfect example of really listening to the patient and giving them a solution that got them to where they wanted to be. And then we can go back and focus on what you need in order to get to the long-term solution. For, but for now, let's at least listen and give you what you want, right? So what a perfect example of giving a patient what they want and maybe taking away the focus from what we think that they need. Right. You're right. We, I mean, we know what's best, but if we're not at least able to communicate with them to either help them see why something different might be better for them or why we're recommending something different than they might have in mind. Like if we're not making the connection and communicating that correctly, they're not going to do anything. So it's like, we have to be able to not always feel like it's always cookie cutter. And when we look at something saying you need this, but what's important to them and how are we going to align their goals with the solution? Um, and using what, you know, of course we tell them what they have to gain from getting it done. That's how we make that connection. But also being able to talk about what they stand to lose if they don't get it done in order to create that value and get them to, to, to say yes, to be compliant. Yeah, absolutely. And we know that people are much more motivated by what they have to lose than what they have to gain. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that also, you know, kind of goes hand in hand with also talking about the benefits instead of always just talking about the features. Uh, features tell, but benefits sell. So making sure that we focus on that as well. Right, because if you think about telling the patient all the benefits of a crown or Invisalign, that's like speaking Greek to a patient, but you tell them like, imagine you'll be able to not run out of the room every time they take a picture and you're gonna be able to stand there with your daughter and smile and be proud of that and be confident. Like that's what sells telling them like how great Invisalign is and how much better it is than the send in impressions is nothing to them. Right. But telling them like, just imagine yep. being able to smile in your daughter's wedding. Like that's what really sells. That's where you get patient compliance. Right. But we wouldn't know that if we didn't make that connection to use that communication. So it, they really go hand in hand. Absolutely. So, once we once we've gotten to know them, we've made that connection, we've figured out what is important to them, what their goals are, what their values are, you know, then we make that connection, we communicate that to them, we get everybody on the same page, and then we have to remove barriers. 
Yeah, and I know both of us have been in dental practices for a long time. Like we worked in dental practices and we work with a lot of dental practices and this is, can be one of the hardest things to do is remove patient barriers. So it's so important to have multiple tools in your tool belt to help the patient remove the barriers. Absolutely. And also being able to understand that questions aren't barriers, right? So if they say, well, how much is this going to cost? That's not them saying, no, I don't want to spend money, right? And not just knowing that questions are kind of buying signals, but sometimes I think for me, especially in dental practice, when I was working at the front desk, I had my own kind of barriers around money and my own like ideas around money. And so when I got that question, sometimes my walls went up and I was like, oh, oh no, I don't like I'm really nervous and apprehensive about presenting this price now because now I, I have my own stuff behind price and, you know, cost of things. You're right. And so a lot of times, you know, we know that whatever we've recommended, we've matched it to their goals. We found them a solution. We know that this is the best thing for them. And then we put those ideas that we have on money and we're like, oh, you know, in our head, we're like, oh, that's kind of expensive. That's pretty pricey. Like, I don't know if they're going to want to do this. And then when they say, how much is it going to cost? We're like, oh, they're not going to do it. Like they, they think this is going to be too much. Like maybe I shouldn't present this. Maybe we should go for something that is a lesser investment. And you start, you start almost playing mind games with yourself <laughs> instead of being able to know that like, do you have multiple payment options? Do you have things like care credit or lending club or different programs where like we can remove those barriers and it doesn't matter how they pay for it. It's just getting them taken care of. And so you know that as long as you've created the value and you've made that connection and communicated why this is what's gonna get them to their goal, that's not a barrier. They're just trying to figure out like, how they're going to get it done. And if you've got the ways for them to do that, that's not a barrier. Yeah, absolutely. Great point. Patients, you know, we'll help you figure out the money thing. We'll help you figure out the budget, getting what you need, getting what you want is the most important thing. So don't worry about that. We'll help you figure that out. Right. And then when you pass it along to that expert in your office, that's exactly what they'll do. They'll go ahead and figure out how they're going to pay. You're just getting them to see the value in what you're presenting to them and being confident in that and knowing that that's what the best thing is for them and knowing that that's what they want because you listened to them and you know that that is the best thing. And so not letting those things get in the way or even a patient's schedule, like don't, don't let time be a barrier, knowing that you'll figure something out, how to get them taken care of and when you can get them in, um, especially if you're an office that has you know, several days of the week, if not, you know, five, six days out of the week that they can come in, um, extended hours, things like that. A lot of our offices have those things already in place. So we can get them in, we can figure out a time that's going to work well with them. So making sure that we, we know that and we know what those are. So we don't let that become a barrier either. Right. And if you're one of those offices that doesn't offer you know, extended hours or multiple days a week, like thinking about how do we become more patient centric and make sure that we are not allowing like the time barrier to be our own barrier. Like, let's make sure that we're making everything patient centric so that if our patients do want to do that big case, we make it as convenient as possible for them. Yeah. So once we've made the connection, <laughs> 
we can communicate the correlation between them personally and their goals and their visions and what they're passionate about into why they need what we're recommending and why that is the best treatment for them and why doing it this way aligns with what's important to them. And then making sure that we don't put any barriers in the way of that and patients say yes. Absolutely. So thank you guys so much for being with us today. We covered a whole lot about patient compliance. And remember, every single person in the office plays a role in patient compliance. So thanks for spending the few minutes with me and Brittany today. You guys have a great day.